Following Christ is not for the faint of heart. Striving to be a kingdom man isn't about packing up and taking a vacation. It's about getting your mind right, your gear packed, and heading into war. It's more important now than ever before to stand up for what's right and just in the eyes of the Lord and seek His truth. This ain't a cruise ship, fellas. It's a battleship. So buckle up and get ready for the truth, the uncomfortable truth. Hello and welcome back to The Uncomfortable Truth. We are thankful to have you today. We have a special, special thing happening this morning. This is a first-time event in the history of The Uncomfortable Truth. Obi Baker is going to give The Uncomfortable Intro. Let's hear about it, bro. (laughs) Oh, okay. Did you have a brain fart? No, I just (laughs) wanted it to be uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) That's not actually my uncomfortable moment, but I was hoping hoping it would be a little uh, uncomfortable for, you know. um, I was waiting for you to speak. Somebody called me the other day. (laughs) They called me, and I said, hello, and I could hear them breathing on the other end of the line, but I didn't say anything. Sean does that to me all the Hello. time. Hello. <laughs> He's like, I was just seeing how long I could go without talking. Yeah. Like, You're an idiot. He doesn't, he doesn't do it on purpose. He calls me and I'll say hello. And then in the middle of that, a fly, like a house fly flew by his face. He forgot he called you. <laughs> and he forgot I called me. And so then he just sits there until I'm like, are you going to say anything? <laughs> Does that really happen, Sean? Well, I'll tell you what, the older I've gotten, the the slower I am to speak, you know, and I really, just, is that wisdom? I really want to, I want to try to think about what I'm saying more used to. It was yeah. just like, it didn't matter, bro. Yeah. It was like diarrhea of the is mouth he being serious? all the time. He's being serious. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Does I'm it de- really happen though that you'll call him sometimes and forget you call him? No. Not forget no. that he called me. Okay. That, it, that it's just, happen. it's just always an awkward silence. Yeah. Okay. After I say hello, I'm like, dude. Are you going to say something back? (laughs) Usually, usually in those situations, I got about three other text message conversations going, and I'm trying to talk to him too because I don't want to be disrespectful. Yeah. So you called him though, right? (laughs) Many times. It just depends. Yeah. So anyway, that depends on what's going on in my life, dude. Well, when you have a brother that you love and you care about, and you 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 know you you seek for wisdom and guidance on both ways, right? You just call to be in their presence. (laughs) That's it. That's it. I just need him to be there for uh, moral support. That's it. We're hoping that by (laughs) by them being on the other end of the line, we're going to come up with some kind of great thought. It, that, that, it usually works. Yeah. That, right? Because yeah. iron sharpens iron, right? So, I mean, that's amen. true. So there's been, true. So there's, true. Been, there's been many times where I've called, hey, man, I don't hear anything for about 10 seconds, and in that 10 seconds, the epiphany oh, comes, and well, I just on. hang up the phone. There's <laughs> lots of times whenever he calls, and my, my truck is trying to connect to the phone. Yes, mine does that, too. And uh, there is an awkward, like, and finally, Obi's like, are you there? And you can't say, heck? you can't say, hey, hold on. It's connecting because yeah. it's in the middle of connecting, yeah. and it takes like three and seconds. And you're truly trying to talk. Yeah, so that happens, yeah. too. Anyway, hey, how a, about uh, a combination? Great, great. great um, but Obi com- always thinks life. the worst. Obi always thinks the worst, he so he like, just thinks I'm ignoring He just had a, listen, I think <laughs> Sean just had a wreck, and he can't answer me. No. I'm going to start. I'm going I'm to call the OnStar. My thought, my thought is always, 
You're ignoring me. A fly just flew by my head, <laughs> and and I'm looking at the no. I'm looking at Squirrel. the wings he, on the fly. He and, always thinks I'm ignoring him. I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I really think that you're just very distracted. Well, I'm that. I am. <laughs> yeah. I am. I'm that. It's so, a wonder we ever get a podcast done. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> my mind is somewhat similar to Sean's, or yeah. I'm pretty easily distracted, and uh, it's obvious because. I was the one who promoted chasing that rabbit we just chased. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so and we never got to our uncomfortable we're gonna, moment. We're gonna, listen, that's that's real stuff. I, you know, I, I think that may be interesting for people to hear, so go ahead and tell your uncomfortable intro. Uncomfortable intro. Um, I'm excited that I that I was given an opportunity to do this. Shane normally hogs the microphone. Get out of here. <laughs> you normally don't want to do it's, it. It's been, Nobody it's ever been wants to do it. 80 episodes, and somebody else finally got an opportunity. No, no Sean gave one because I was listening I back did. to him the other day. And awesome. We one. put Sean on the spot Just one, one time. Just yeah. one. Well, my uncomfortable moment came in Miami, Florida. Those of you who have never heard what a Russian shower is, uh, neither had I until about five months ago when we were in Miami vacationing and we were in a spa, Sean and I were there so he can vouch for this. And we were sitting in the spa kind of, kind of rotating back between the, the dry st- sauna and the steam room, uh, just kind of detoxing. And, um, this older Cuban man walks in to the steam room after our second our second bout in there, we had been in. This was our second time in, and he brings us some like exfoliating cream. Um, you may wonder why some dude knows what exfoliated cream is. Obi but, rubs it on his uh, legs. I, my wife makes me use it daily. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just, I might have to just, chase another rabbit just, here. Just kidding. We're not going to chase rabbits <laughs> okay. yet. Okay. So he brings us in this this cream that is very gritty. Okay, it's a gritty cream, and like when you rub it on your on your uh, arms, and for me who shaves their head, I rub it like on my head. He's like, rub it everywhere, rub it everywhere, you know, and and, and we're rubbing it all over the art, you know. He's like, it helps the uh, toxic, yeah. helps it helps detox you, you know, something like that. So we're rubbing this lotion, you know, all over our that, arms. That sounds chest. horrible. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does. Um, Anyway, we did not let the you know we were rubbing the lotion. Nobody else, and so we get it on, and we're like, okay, let's see how this stuff works. And about sixty seconds later, same guy, same Cuban guy, walks in, and he's got about a two gallon bucket of water. It's filled to the brim with ice, and he walks over to me, and he says, "A Russian shower." And throws it on top of our head. <laughs> An ice bucket, cold water, while we're in the steam room. Our body temperature, there's no telling how high it is. And he throws ice water, like two or three gallons of ice water on top of our heads. Then he goes and grabs another one and throws it on top of mm-hmm. Sean's head. So you weren't expecting this to happen. We were, not, we were yeah. not prepared. And I'm going to tell you something. For somebody, um, I don't know if y'all know this. Have you ever heard of the diver's reflex? No. The diver's reflex is, is a it's a real thing, and what happens? You can shove your your face in a um, in a bowl of ice water. I remember we did this in exercise physiology in college, and your heart rate will drop like twenty beats a minute, like immediately. Okay, if you have a bad heart, you have some kind of congestive heart failure or something. 
it will kill you. It happen, It happens all the time. Okay, sounds like a good experiment to do in a science class or so, in a sauna or a steam room. Yeah, y- yeah. yeah. And uh, anyway, so I don't think that this Cuban guy understands that. You know, a lot of the people that go to, to steam rooms and saunas, they're older people. You know, people who are retired and who can afford to go into the. I mean, you know, to to a spa or whatever, and uh, he could potentially kill them doing. The Russian shower. So that was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, What's but, the point of the rest? Why in the world would he do that? I think there's got to be some kind of health. Uh, <laughs> some type. Kill you. <laughs> I think. I think. I don't I, like you very much. I think it does like just completely slow your heart rate. And I think the change in body temperature does something from a just almost like an exhilarating. Wim Hof. Did you, did you feel like Abs- a feeling? Of- I absolutely felt this feeling of. It was a it was about a three second panic that turned into like a five minute awesomeness. Okay. In my, tingling, in my, in tingling my, cool feeling, yeah. Yeah, it was it was like yes, it was really cool. Um and so <laughs> I, I don't know that I would want it done again, but at the same time it was a neat experience and it was certainly uncomfortable. So Yeah. Um to say the least. That, that's our uncomfortable I'm, moment. I'm glad we didn't uh Yes, me too. I'm glad our hearts are in good health. Staying alive, staying alive. Ah. That's what that reminds me of. Y'all made it. Y'all made it through the Russian shower. Yes, we did. Hey, I'll open us up in prayer. And uh, Obi's going to uh, be on the mic today, sharing what's on his heart. Oh, okay. Or Sean. No, yeah, whoever wants to go first. Or Obi. Or Sean. So Matt, are we doing paper, rock, scissors well, in here? Rochambeau? Well, mine's about vulnerability. Okay. Which is kind of the Russian shower it leads into. Okay. Let's, let's do that. Let's go there. All right. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for today. God, thank you for allowing us the opportunity. God, to just come in, come in here and kick it, Lord, and just uh, goof around for a minute. God, we we appreciate, uh, Lord, you giving us opportunity to be here. Lord, I pray for our listeners today that whatever they're going through, um, that they would uh, search you, seek seek you, seek your will. Um Lord, we uh, we just lift you up, and I pray for Sean today and his message. Your name, man. Amen. Amen. Um, so my topic today is: Is it okay to be vulnerable? And um, for those of you who do not know what vulnerable means, um, well, I knew what it meant, but I still looked up the definition. Right? Susceptible to physical or emotional attack or harm. Okay. So whenever I think about susceptible to emotional to susceptible to physical or emotional attack or harm okay so that sounds to me like you're opening yourself up yeah like broke like you're like you're you're broken you need help you're uh walking in you're you're um humbled okay right yes so um i'm gonna start off with the uh bible verse here that i felt like was in line with vulnerability Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. You know, um, I was just trying to think of a, uh, uh, a few things that can cause people to be vulnerable. 
and uh, you can you can um, so some examples here, you know, uh, that might make you. And, and so I'm going to turn around and spin this and just ask you, you know, about moments in your life when you feel like you've been vulnerable, and then give an example in my own life. But um, talking about like just mistakes that you've made, uh, personal information that you make maybe kept very private. And then you decided to open up to people, like you said, Obi, openness. Um, those are a couple of things uh, that might make you feel vulnerable or, or being rejected um, uh, for maybe a, a, a job position or uh, being rejected maybe uh, in a relationship by your spouse. Uh, could have been like a business deal where you felt uh, uh, rejected or you felt like it fell apart. These are all times in our lives whenever – we feel vulnerable um, and uh, and and are and are broken. Uh, and according to this verse, um, God is saying, "My grace is sufficient for you." Now, to me, that makes me think about the times in my life whenever I was the most broken. How I didn't turn to man, you know, uh, for for that. Uh, for 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 my brokenness, I turned to to God and and I just asked Him to I pleaded with God to help uh, to help me um, to overcome my brokenness to help me to to be better. Whether it was my health, and for me, you know, I, I automatically go to, to I'm a very prideful person. Okay, pride is definitely one of my sins, and. I don't want to tell, I don't want people to know that I'm broken. I don't want people to know that I'm vulnerable or I'm in a moment of vulnerability. Um, it's, it's, a, I think it's a pride thing, you know? So yeah. what I do, I kneel down in my closet and I cry out to God and, um, uh, and I ask, you know, for, for his grace and, uh, and for him to, to get me through this moment of brokenness in my life. And for me, it's been, uh, the times that I've, felt the most vulnerable is uh has to do with my health and uh that's something that I absolutely struggle with um and uh most recent uh was was COVID and uh I can remember more I mean I guess probably gosh I would get on YouTube and like watch all these things about how to get through COVID and how to you know, breathing techniques and all kind of exercises and all these different things that are supposed to help you and keep it out of your lungs. And, you know, and I was, I was practicing all these things. And I think probably day seven or eight, whenever I was running fever still and getting into seven or eight, maybe going into nine, I can remember my vulnerability being at the highest peak. And, and that's whenever I can remember going into my closet getting down on my knees and crying out to God and just saying, God, I need you to heal me. Um, you know, I saw all these horror stories of people running fever for, you know, uh, 35 days and 45 days and two months, you know, just crazy amounts of time. And, and I started thinking, wow, it's going to get into my lungs. There's people my age that are dying. I started, and I just started pleading with God. And, and, I, and I was just in the past six months, you know, that was probably about six months ago. How long has it been? Yeah. yeah, end end of summer, end of yeah, first of August, end of July. <clears throat> that's that's a time, a recent time, whenever I was extremely vulnerable and just uh, just pleading with God to to, to help me and uh, to get through this moment. And uh, 
and I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure if I was going to get through it. I mean, I was thinking about things like, um, how much life insurance do I have? You know, are my loved ones going to be taken care of if I have to go into the hospital, if I get pneumonia, if I, if I get put on a vent, you know, all this, you know, the devil just throwing darts at me, uh, you know, at my most vulnerable moments. And I was just pleading to the Lord, you know, and just, uh, just asking God, just help me to get through this. And, uh, so, I just wanted to ask you guys, uh, you know, and then of, of course our listeners to think of a think of a time whenever you've been the most vulnerable, and when was that, and what did that look like, and uh, you know, and what did you do in that moment? Was it did you plead with God? Did you uh, uh, puff your chest up and say, "I'm I'm I can do this myself"? Uh, what happened? And maybe do you guys have any stories, or can you think of a time in your life when you you were vulnerable? Yeah, so I guess my first question is, what makes us as men not want to be vulnerable? I, th- I think it's, uh, if, if we could say that there's a sin that the majority of men deal with, it probably is pride. It, that's probably one of the ones at the top of the list. And our pride, wh- where does that stem from? It Maybe it stems from us thinking that we can do things on our own, that we don't need any help. And, Sean, I think that's awesome that when those moments enter your life, you're, you're on your face in your closet getting before the Lord. Personally, where, where I feel the most vulnerable, for the majority of my life, I've been a pretty open book. Um minus a few things, and I I am pretty open about sharing my story or what's going on in my life, but when I feel the most vulnerable is when I've been a little bit vulnerable, and I've shared things with people, and then somehow they come back to me, and they use them against me. Right. That's where I feel the most vulnerable, and fortunately, you know, in my marriage, there have been times that we've shot daggers at each other for sure. Um, but there's, I don't know if there's ever been a time to where one of us has gone outside of our marriage and, and been vulnerable about our partner so that they can throw daggers at that. I think we have to keep that sacred. Right. I think we have to keep that in our marriage unless it's just, you know, very, very trusted few people. And vulnerability is something that, that we, I think we talk about it was one of the motiv- motivations for us starting this show was about men being truly vulnerable with other men on the on the flip side of that you still have to be careful you guys agree with that absolutely i think that i think that when you think about vulnerability a lot of people think oh when i open myself up that's when i get hurt when I open myself up, that and, and you hear about people being take advantage, taken advantage of, you hear about women in broken relationships that are vulnerable, that are literally um, sought out to be taught to be taken advantage of by by just creepy men, mm-hmm. you know that um, you know are looking to take advantage of a vulnerable woman because she's 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 weaker in those moments. Um, yeah, it happens the other way, but you usually hear about it, about women being taken advantage of in that, in that moment. Um, you hear about, you know, 
men being taken advantage of in vulnerable moments where, um, in, in business maybe, you know, in, in other areas, I just think being vulnerable when you open yourself up, it absolutely, um, I mean, heck we're, we're showing a weakness. Mm-hmm. We're, we're showing something that we're struggling with. And when you're showing weakness, a shrewd or a, I mean, just a person with very little integrity may t- look at that as an opportunity, you know? And, and so, you know, we, I, I do feel like all that being said, God calls us to be vulnerable. He calls us to work. To me, vulnerability is working, being open with your struggles, being open with maybe areas of your life where you're weak, looking for like-minded um, relationships that will help you to overcome those things. Um, I think that's why counselors and psychiatrists, in, in many cases, maybe exist. <laughs> they, they exist to help us uh, in, in private be vulnerable because we're in their office and it's just us and them. Right. You know, but, but I feel like that God calls us to be vulnerable in our everyday relationships. And, um, and so it's, it's absolutely uncomfortable, but I do feel that that's how God calls us to be. And it is certainly out of men's comfort zone because of that, what you talked about earlier, Shane, how we, we struggle with pride, you know, maybe um, more so on a, on a larger scale than women do, um, but and, and which which then makes it more difficult for us to open up because, oh no, you're not perfect, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. you don't have control over that situation. So yeah, I think I think that it absolutely is one of those things where um, we people will take advantage of it. Mm-hmm, you know, sure. they'll take advantage of when it. When you think also, of, go yeah, ahead, John. I was just going to say also when, when you're like a, a leader in your perspective, you know, field or career entrepreneur, you know, I, everybody's looking up to, to you not to be vulnerable. Yeah. Or I feel like that they don't want you. I feel like that. What am I trying to say? I think a lot of leaders aren't supposed to be vulnerable. Yeah. They're not supposed to be weak. So there's this perception that, the well, world has of, oh, that guy. No, no, he don't have time to be vulnerable. Well, this, like, there's this perception that vulnerability equals weakness, and yeah. that's and that is a that's perception yeah. that sure. is absolutely wrong. Um, the most impactful leaders that mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. walk around vulnerable. Yeah, they they're they're open with their thoughts. They're open. And they have the most impact. Sure. And, and so it's just, it's absolutely the world's definition of vulnerability is wrong. Yeah. It makes me think about uh, a friend of mine that's in the military. His name is David Moran. And uh, David said that like over in Iraq and in and, and these different places where, where they were boots on the ground fighting. And whenever a lot of the, uh, the guys, if they uh, had PTSD or if they... Uh, uh, had a horrible anxiety. They never wanted to tell you. Like it was, he said it was always a secret. And I said, well, why? He said, dude, everybody didn't. Weakness. Nobody wanted to be uh, labeled as a weak-minded person. Right. 
they didn't want to be labeled as, and he said, so nobody, he said it was like a big secret. And then they would get back to the States and the PTSD was like, would just amplify times 10. And, uh, so it is, um, it is a sad, real reality, you know, that, that, that people. It's just another example of how the world pushes one agenda. And in reality, that, that is what fixes the problem. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, w- I mean, we we look at, you know, the the military in general. Hey, talk about a prideful group, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they they are warriors. I mean, they are walking onto the battlefield, and they can't have any weaknesses. They, you know, they can't have any weaknesses. And, and so what, you know, what, the world teaches them is that they can't be vulnerable. They have to absolutely walk in strength and not show any weakness. What we've learned through research, good friendships, uh, and, and, and gaining wisdom on the topic is that speaking it out removes the power that it has over you. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And, and so it, it's what, what's keeping them, in prison in their own minds is the exact same thing that would remove that power from them. Um, and, and so it's, it's such a crazy thing because we can, we can do that in other areas of our life, not just in the vulnerability aspect of it. Um, so it's, it's, it's just a sad deal. We have got to understand that and, and we have got to help, uh, spread the news that keeping your thoughts and allowing pride and control of your life to keep your vulnerability inside of you and not proclaim it and get and, and speak it out um, is, is the world's view of how you should handle it. Speaking it out, talking about it, finding a good friend, speaking to a counselor, and, and proclaiming that is absolutely how you gain the power back and you you become better you get stronger you you come closer to the lord everything everything about speaking out that vulnerability is going to help you to overcome the battles trials and struggles that you're going to experience in this life easier you're going to be more fulfilled i mean what don't you agree shane yeah i totally agree um i think that for the, for the most part of our lives or the viewpoint that maybe most of us have or the worldly viewpoint is that when you wake up, you put your uh, bulletproof vest on. And, yeah. and behind your bulletproof vest is your book of secrets. And you don't ever take your bulletproof, as a man, you don't ever take your vest off because that exposes you. And we're, when we're exposed, we're vulnerable we're vulnerable to hurt, we're vulnerable to pain. This is the viewpoint of the world that I'm that I'm saying here. The viewpoint of, of God, I believe, is is be exposed. Why? Because when we are exposed, and say I hand my book of secrets to you, Obi, I'm exposing myself to you. I'm available for change. I'm available for growth. I'm available to be used by him in every moment of my life 
when I don't have secrets, especially between me and God, right? We think we can hide stuff from God or put it in a box or whatever, put it in our book and, and close that book so you can't see this. But when we're, when we're totally exposed, it also goes to the fact that we're totally broken. And when we're broken, we're exposed anyways. And being broken is where the Lord wants us. So yeah. You and I talked about this yep. last weekend. It's like the more broken I get, the more perfect he makes me. Right. Which is... Polar opposite of the way that the world teaches. Yeah. And and so it's, it's crazy. Um, we are all broken. Please embrace that brokenness and and ask the Lord to show you your real self. Um, you, you think about like um, vulnerability and being the foundation of lots of big organizations like AA, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, First thing you get up there and you say what? Yeah. Hi, my name is Shane. I'm an alcoholic. Right. And, you know, that's what they're getting up there and saying. Let me get that out there first, right? Mm-hmm. No doubt. It's interesting. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate appreciate you being here. If you would, uh, leave us a review or a like or share this podcast with somebody. Help us reach more people for Jesus. Go out and kick the day in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one.